Hi, this is Jim Nicola. I'm the Artistic Director of New York Theatre Workshop. While we find ourselves right now in the digital space, reaching far beyond the brick walls of our theatre on East 4th Street, that theatre stands on the island of Manhattan. Manhattan has always been a gathering and trading place for many indigenous peoples, where nations intersected from all four directions since time immemorial. It was a place to gather, and sometimes a place to seek refuge during times of conflict and struggle. The artists, the staff, and the trustees of New York Theatre Workshop pay respect to all of their ancestors, the present members of those communities, and to their future generations. We acknowledge that our theatre and its work is situated on the island of Manhattan, Manuhanet, on the island, traditional lands of the Muncie Lenape, the Canarsie, the Uncachog, the Matinecock, the Shinnecock, the Regawunk, and the Haudenosaunee Confederacy. We respect that many indigenous people continue to live and work on this island and acknowledge their ongoing contributions to this area. We'd also like to thank Chief Harry Wallace, Kevin Tarrant, Muriel Boris Tarrant, and Safe Harbors New York City Indigenous Collective for helping us craft this statement. There's so many people drinking Diet Coke. Now, the show about downtown artists struggling to pay the rent has moved uptown. There's a certain feeling you get right. Hello all, and welcome to our second presentation straight to you from New York Theatre Workshop. My name is Hilton Owls, and you might remember us from our previous production, Portrait of Jason, now available to you wherever you get podcasts. It's my very great pleasure to present to you a new program, courtesy of the genius of Tennessee Williams, Specifically, three scenes from three of his last plays, largely unheralded, 1969's In the Bar of a Tokyo Hotel, 1979's The Red Devil Battery Sign, and 1980's Clothes for a Summer Hotel. In each, Williams, a world traveler, starts to bring his experience of the world to the stage as he evolves as man and writer. And in each piece, the playwright, most known for his gallery of famous female characters, Amanda and Alma and Blanche and Maggie and Hannah, confronts new territory, his male self, specifically the male artist, and his relationship to women. Each of these scenes is a testament to William's commitment to going on, I can't go on, I'll go on. Here's the maestro in a 1974 interview with Dick Cavett. Have I ever asked you this, of how many times in your plays somewhere there's a character who says you just have to go on, or some version of that, you just have to survive? Well, it certainly represents my own feeling about things. Uh, I find it uh, pleasant to go on, actually. I think if I found it un too unpleasant uh, to go on for too long a time, I'd stop. 
I, I used to be able to name about five places in your plays where, uh, where there was a version of that line. Uh, after Stanley rapes Blanche, and they're taking her to oh, the yes, and then yeah. she says to her sister... Eunice says, you just gotta go on. You just gotta go just on. Stella, yeah. And there's a place in Summer and Smoke, and there's a similar line in uh, Cat, and uh, I wondered if you were aware of I wasn't aware of it. Uh, I think that much of my line has been uh, difficult to continue with, but I've always wanted to continue with it, and that. And it's in that spirit of going on that we present to you these scenes featuring three male artists in dialogue with love and work. To the American League as Minnesota takes on them. No, it's not too hot. It's spicy. This is a man walk. This is man walk. From 1969's In the Bar of a Tokyo Hotel. The performers, Nadine Malouf as Miriam, James Yagashi as Barman, and Reed Burney as Mark. The place, Tokyo. I like this room. Thank you. There is an atmosphere of such vitality in Tokyo. Thank you. You understand and speak English remarkably well. Thank you. You have a very impressive suicide rate. Thank you. I don't think you understood what I said. I was. I said that you have a very impressive rate of suicide and... In America, there is no suicide rate. In America, what we have is an explosion of vitality, which is worldwide. Many cowboys exported? (laughs) Yes, it could be put that way. Many cowboys exported. Yes, but speaking for myself, I don't really need an atmosphere of vitality around me. You have enough in yourself. Let's say that I have enough and a little more than enough. I am not astonished. Hmm. How many hours of sleep do you need a night? Thank you for being interested. But why are you interested? I'm always interested. For me, only four hours of sleep are necessary. You waken in the dark. Not usually. You see, I go to bed late. You make excursions at night. Yes, I'm restless at night. What's your name? I am the barman. Yes, I've noticed you are. Why don't you look for an occupation that's not so confining? Thank you. You're welcome. See what I'm doing? I'm taking out of my handbag a mirror. Why are you staring at me? I like to see what is going on about me in the circle of light. Excuse me while I... He carries a tray of drinks off stage. Yes, the best idea. Cable to Leonard. Place it in his hands. Activity with the shaker is very distracting. Pardon me. I am the bomber. Inner resources of serenity. (laughs) 
Some professor mentioned them to me once. Hogwash. Wash a hog in it. Don't turn it on me. Inner resources of serenity is a polite way of describing a lack of vital energy. There may be exceptions, but... The light from the mirror is in my eyes. For light in your eyes, be grateful. I am happy to lower the focus of the... Don't stand behind the bar. My instruction is... Your employer wouldn't object if you stood in front of the bar. The light from the mirror burns through my clothes. Are you sure it isn't my observation of you? I am. You are. So am I. <laughs> Will you please bring me some ice for my drink? With pleasure and precaution and a little delay. <sighs> there is a party of diplomats in the restaurant. Excuse me, please. I will excuse you if you don't stay long. Hmm. Difficult, yes, but unattainable? No. A little Panama red. Hmm. Diplomats. Young? Venerable. Haven't heard that word in a long, long time. Perhaps there are a number of words in English, not idiomatic, that it would not be useless for you to... I like the idioms of my native country. You are smoking a pipe of marijuana. A pipe of Panama Red. The pleasure of a guest is usually my pleasure, but will you do for me the kindness? I will put it out for you. Put it out means extinguish. Thank you. Panama Red is not essential to my... Vitality. Natural to your nature. Hmm. No, I don't say it doesn't augment it, but it... Thank you. I will teach you the idioms of English. Some of them centuries old. Venerable. The important idioms can be learned very... Not necessary, but thank you. Are you married? I am engaged, and faithful. Terrible mistake. For marriage, some preliminary instruction is necessary. Thank you. I have had the necessary instruction. Well, there are fairly good instructors, and there are brilliant instructors. It is kind of you to be interested in my instruction. From time to time, a wind sweeps through the bar, ornamented glass pendants suspended from the arch of a door leading offstage chatter musically when the wind blows through. Each time the pendants sound, Miriam touches the feathers on her hat and makes her humming sound, then rearranges the bracelets on her arms and moves her head from side to side more noticeably. Now, the barman returns. I have noticed a lot of very stout women in the hotel, their doors open on the corridors. They sit on the edge of their beds doing nothing at all. Ladies from Hawaii. Just sitting. 
No energy in them to get up and be on the go? The ladies are a party. Not enough vitality for an argument or even a conversation. Nice ladies from Hawaii. I didn't say they weren't nice. Being nice or not nice is... What I said about the Hawaiian ladies is that they should be up and about. They should be on the move. Did their husbands suggest this trip to Japan to them? I think their husbands are satisfied with... Perhaps in Hawaii, a very fat wife is what we call in America a status symbol. That is nothing I know. My God. One of them off her bed. Must have collapsed, so she had to get on the move. Probably has no idea of where she's headed. Where I'm headed is something I always know. Japan has other places. I've been told that I shouldn't miss Kyoto. The person, the acquaintance, the man that mentioned Kyoto to me said that Kyoto is a place of lovely old pagodas and flowering trees and flower at this time of... Yes, go to Kyoto. Yes, I'll go to Kyoto on an evening train. I love the clackety-clack of the wheels and the cool wind through the windows. I hope there's a train leaving. The concierge can give you the schedules. I'll go this evening. It is possible to go more early. I prefer an evening train. Kyoto, to absorb Kyoto, wouldn't take me long. A woman of my vitality absorbs a place quickly. I could absorb a pagoda in a minute. Well, if I walked around it a few minutes more. That sounds as if I meant superficial absorption, but... Some of the pagodas are five or six hundred years old. Venerable, but I'd absorb them well at the most in five minutes. I look, I absorb, I go on. Your method of absorption is not a reverent absorption. An adequate absorption. You may think so, but... Reverence is a thing I'm happy to leave in the hands of the reverent. Will your husband go with you? No. Take him an hour to absorb a pagoda. Some that go to Kyoto sit before pagoda all day, and then all night. Reverence. Or pretension. Has a woman ever held you with? In our country, the man prefers to hold our delicate ladies. Delicate ladies like dolls. Delicate ladies with delicate manners and gestures. The venerable diplomats are going to fall under their tables. Not unless there is a tremor. A quake of the earth caused by an explosion of vitality, which is worldwide. <laughs> that boy moves well. Yes, he knows how to move. Sorry he has a position that ties him down. Otherwise I'd not be going to Kyoto alone. Ah, well, I'll not be lonely. I know the word for hello. At a country club dance on Long Island. <laughs> I'm popular on Long Island. I was dancing with this attractive but inexperienced looking young man. And I whispered in his ear, Do you mind if I manipulate your genitals? Scared him out of... He said, here? As if he was in church. I said... I'll step out for some air and you follow me out. Did he? <laughs> you bet he did. And I manipulated his genitals, all right. 
yeses between a Cadillac and a... Huh. Cadillac. Sure, we got into one. <laughs> Recollections are insufficient. I like present action. Barman. You, barman. I use this to catch the attention of a cab when I'm in New York. What is... Uh, did you say... Cab? A public conveyance. I am not a public convenience. I do not respond to whistles. I would like you to get me a cablegram blank from the concierge with the unfortunate face. I will get you a cablegram and place it on the green table. Pardon me. You are instructing my way. Do you mean obstructing? Thank you. I mean obstructing. Uh, to deliver the cablegrams to you, I must request that you return to your table. If I return to my table, will you bring the cablegram to me? I will place it in reach. You of. must place it on my table. I will place the cablegram where you can reach it. You are still obstructing my way. He won that little encounter. But you can lose a lot of preliminary encounters and still wind up as... He's put a book of cablegrams on that other. Barman, I asked for a cablegram and you've brought me a whole book of them. Is that enough? Or do you want several books? You thought I was going to send cables all over the world? <laughs> oh. Could you give me a pencil? Only one pencil. Only one pencil will do at the present moment. Mr. Leonard Frisbee, World Galleries, New York. Dear Leonard, I'm sorry to tell you that Mark has suffered a total collapse of the nervous system. Hmm. Mental and physical, too. With most situations, I am able to cope, but not this one. I mean, not alone. Mark is your most lucrative property. Please fly to Tokyo at once to protect it. Otherwise, I will be forced to. Unless you arrive as quickly as love as ever and with desperate appeal Miriam Connolly there now that should do it young man give the cablegram to the concierge it has to go out at once I am instructed to stay in my position at the bar disregard your instructions I will give you 200 yen to take the cablegram to the concierge and tell him he has to go out immediately Put the cablegram on another table, and I will pick it up. You're afraid to come to my table? When I come to your table, you place your hand improperly on my body. <laughs> Look, the 200 yen. Place the cablegram on another table. The cablegram stays here. Then you must take it to the concierge. A pagan idol with the propriety of... 
another 200 yen. You have to remove that cablegram from the table or there's no deal. Throw it at me, please, with the 400 yen. I'll be damned if I will. You come to the table and take the cablegram off it and the 400 yen. He comes to the table. She immediately places her hand on his crotch. Stay a while. You have no real objection. It's... What? In Tokyo, women bathe us. An interesting, very intriguing idea. When do you want a bath? I have had my bath. Without indecency. But you stay by the table. 400 yen is a large sum for delivering a cablegram to the concierge. And your hand is... The hand of a woman who burns. Yes. Here is the cablegram and the 400 yen. Tense, irritable nerve ends. Convex, demanding concave. What's the matter? I uh, forgot the direction. I'm fully aware, of course, that there's no magical trick to defend me indefinitely from the hideous product of calendars, clocks, watches. However, I've made a covenant with them. When, on the unexpected but always possible advent of incurable illness... She removes a tiny pillbox from her bag. A Regency snuffbox. Innocent-looking. It contains one pill, just one. But the one is enough. When then, I will carry it into a grove of afternoon trees. Swallow the... And in a single, immeasurable moment. Did you? The cablegram is. Thank you. I hope the evening train leaves before the light fades away. The woman's husband enters... There are vivid paint stains on his unpressed suit. No chair for me at the table. You weren't expected. He attempts to draw a chair to the table, but stumbles to his knees, then staggers up. <laughs> Too soon after work. Much. I was afraid. I you... wasn't waiting for you. I'm glad I came down in time. Time for what? To catch you. I can't be caught. Barman, yes, please. Infantile dependence. The work is... I'm not going to discuss it. You're leaning on the table for support, crouched over it. It's always been exhausting. The manager of the hotel has complained of the paint stains on the floor of your room. I covered the floor with several sheets of newspaper... Before the paint I... from the spray guns obviously goes through them. If there are stains, I scrub them out with turpentine. Not well enough, it seems. If I damage the floor of the room, I'll pay for a new one. Why not rent a loft to work in? Where? Somewhere. A loft that has a window. The time getting to a loft. Yes? Would probably be too long to hold an image... The image of your new work must be extremely... No, not at all. They're so vivid. They... You could hire a car with a chauffeur and a siren Miriam, to... don't ridicule. To doubt is necessary. The barman places a cocktail before Mark. His hand is too tremulous to lift the glass to his mouth. If you can't lift the glass, put the hand not holding it under the elbow of... 
too late. Now you've spilled it. Mr. Connolly is... I see. I know. Mix another for him. I'll pour it down him. His hands are... Nerveless a little. I've always been excited by work, but this time the excitements and the tensions are... Don't touch it. I'll lift it to your mouth. Your teeth are chattering. More? Yes, all of it, please. Don't bite the glass. Open your mouth wider. Now? <coughs> That's all of it. Thanks. I, I'd better have another. There's another in the shaker. I'd better lift this one, too. Now, mouth open wide. I said wide. If you're not the man in the sideshow that swallows glass, this is... Ridiculous of me. Nerveless. It's hard to come downstairs immediately after Yes, work. apparently so. Do you know how I... <laughs> to move in my room? <laughs> I think it's difficult for you to move anywhere. I catch hold of the chair. I catch hold of the bureau. I catch hold of... How do you get to the elevator? I... <laughs> By leaning onto the wall, stumbling along it. <laughs> Would you go to a doctor if I found one for you? All I could tell him is that the tension of my work... He might want to test your reflexes. For the first time, nothing that Zeb... Zeb... Are you trying to say separates? Yes, separates, holds at some distance. To translate your incoherence, holds at some distance, is that it? You understand what I'm trying to say. Maybe that, yes, but not what you're doing. Don't touch me with those stained fingers. Don't crouch and lean forward. Try to sit straight in the chair. When I looked in your room and saw you crawling naked over a huge nailed-down canvas, I thought, my God, it's time for the... I've understood the intimacy that should, that has to exist between the, the painter and the... I, it, now, it turned to me, or I turned it. No division between us at all anymore. The oneness. Are the, you hysterical? The, I'll get the bell captain to get you a tape recorder to preserve your delirious ravings. Play them back to yourself and you might be as shocked as I am by the... Images in... Recorded. There was always a sense of division till... Gone! Now absolute oneness You're shaking with... the table so that I have to grip the other side of it to keep it from... If I said that I'm... What? Actually terrified of... Would you believe me? I have no reason to doubt it. Excited, yes, wildly, but terrified at the same time. Mark. This work is hard to confine to... Wants to run out, does it? Always before, I felt controllable limits. I... Shaking, unbathed, unshaved, blotches of paint in your hair. Look at yourself in this mirror if you're not blind. She holds her large mirror, but he stares above it at her. Yes, Blind. Mark. Fly back and... Sometimes the interruption of work, especially in a new style, causes a, causes a loss of momentum. 
that's never recovered. If I, you'd fly back with me. Naturally. No, Mark, I wouldn't. You want me to? Deliver yourself to the loving care of your Aunt Grace who dotes on human catastrophes. I've never been around her more than two minutes before she says, Oh, do you know that so-and-so passed away or had his spinal column removed? And of course, you'd have Leonard's unlimited understanding. They'd meet you at the airport. They'd see your condition. It's their problem from there. I won't let it be mine. Miriam, you don't mean you want me to fly back alone. No, not alone with a nurse. And under heavy sedation and oxygen mask, the whole bit. You wouldn't even be conscious that you were... I can't interrupt my work here before I've controlled it. Mark, to be honest with you... The canvases that I was privileged to look at... Prematurely. ...were circus-colored mud pies. That was in the beginning. Recently. I feel as if I were crossing the frontier of a country I have no permission to enter. But I enter this... this, I tell you, it terrifies me. Now, in the beginning... Let it rest. At least don't inflict the... Mark, it's not too late for surroundings familiar to you. Fifteen acres of pacifying green meadows. The drink was a mistake. Excuse me a moment. Indefinitely. While I stick a finger down my throat. Yes. Well. Gone. This goddamn flower disturbs me. I can't stand it on the table. Young man. Barman. What is it? This flower on the table. Will you please remove it? Why? I don't like objects that disguise their true nature. And there is nothing on earth that disguises its true nature more cunningly than a flower, even when cut and stuck in a vase in a bar. If I have understood you, what is the true nature of... Rapacious. You know that word? I think you have taught me that word. Maybe a stronger word is ravenous. Do you mean you are a flower? You know what I am. I have had... Am I speaking correctly? Yes, continue. Go on with... On our island, which is too small for its uh, habitations... Inhabitants. Thank you. Uh, We prefer flowers to... You had an idiomatic expression in your mind... I believe the word is ancient and universal. Here. Not wanted. Oh. No. I have been instructed to be sure that a vase containing a flower is on each table. Uh, The purple flower on the red table is... Not wanted by a hotel guest in the bar. Before your trip to Kyoto, you might... May w- would enjoy a long stroll about the garden of the hotel. There is something you might, may, would enjoy too. Thank you. No, Madam Flower. Crock. Mark staggers back to the table. I'll get a bellboy to help you back to your room. No, no, no. I'm afraid to go in it again. Then go in my room. Here's my key. Throw that fantastically decorated suit out the window. Take a shower. Have the bellboy bring you a clean suit when if you I have one. When I say I'm terrified of the new canvases, you think I'm exaggerating. Not at all in the no least. No separation between myself Don't and... Don't 
keep repeating it to me. Saying a thing once to me is enough, you know? Sometimes a thing doesn't even have to be said to me. I'm able to guess it. It's something that... I said, don't discuss it. Not outside the office In the beginning, a... a new style of work can be stronger than you. But you learn to control it. It has to be controlled. You learn to control it. Fly back immediately. I always suspected that tigers were hiding. It's not a question of whether you want to or not. It's something you've got to face as something that's... Fly back. Yes. Imperative. At once. I've suggested to you. I've urged you to follow the... More? I can't do more. Yes, I could do more. I could have you put in a sanitarium here. I could, and I will, if you force me. I'm right. Barman, uh... Yes, one for me, too. Now, Mr. Connolly will have a Coca-Cola. For God's sake, Mark. You must have noticed your loss of balance while you're stumbling into things is... And you admit how you move around in your room. An artist has to lay his life on the line. <sighs> Once I dreamed that the shy, gifted man that you were would lift me above the trivialities in my life. I took the initiative and didn't mind taking it. Mark, I said, why don't we go somewhere together, married or not married? A friend of yours loaned you. His yacht. The shy, gifted man said the bunks are too narrow for two. I'll take the upper. Good night. Hell, okay. I mounted the ladder to the upper bunk, and I lay on the body of a secret vendor of silk. You were remarkably skilled in overcoming timidity. Had to be. Or no show. Afterwards, we went up on the deck, and I pointed out to you. Stars and constellations. You could name them. Oh, and the northern lights that night, they made a crackling sound like giant white sheets being shaken out in the sky. While I fondled your breasts, as I still desperately long to. Mark, your hands are... I know, I know. I know. Your condition has to be diagnosed by a good neuropathologist soon as Miriam, immediately... Miriam, I swear, it's the intensity... Why did you say neuropathologist. I had an uncle that had a brain tumor and the symptoms were identical. I'm not going to interrupt we'll any... Well, take a loft with a window. The images flash in my brain and I have to get them on nailed down canvas at once or they... Flash back out of your brain. A neuropathologist would be interested in that. I'm not a neuropathologist and I'm not concerned with a thing about this thing but flying you into the care There's a of... feeling of a sense you of... You won't shut up about of, it. Of... Stop it. And... Adventuring into a jungle country with wild men crouching in bushes, in, in, in trees, with poison arrows to... Yes, to kill you. And they've nearly done it. Color. That's right. Color. On your suit, on your hands, even in your hair. I didn't know it till now. Color. Color. And light. Before us and after us, too. What I'm saying is color isn't passive. It, it, it has a fierce life in it. This sort of talk isn't suitable to a public room. The a... possibilities of color and light discovered all at once can make a man fall on the street. 
I've heard that finally on Earth there'll be nothing but gigantic insects, but now I know the last things, the imperishable things, are color and light. Finished. No more about it. I won't fly back to New York with a nurse under heavy sedation. I could have you committed to it. It wouldn't be the first time you've tried to put me away without... Without what? Without considering the... What? The consequences. I could never stand confinement. When a person needs help. Let's make a bargain, Miriam. You fly back with me and we'll go to Long Island and I'll... I'll... I'll take the chance of the interruption. No, no. That's no acceptable bargain. What was it, the work I've done, but a preparation for? If you take a shower, odious as a shower's become to you lately, you can sleep off your exhaustion in the twin bed by the door in my room. Uh, Mr. Connolly is nerveless. You keep saying nerveless for nervous. Pardon while you were sticking a finger down your throat, there was a controversy between me and that impertinent barman. Over? Over the flower on the table. Do you think you could remove the flower and vase and explain to the barman, who seems to understand you better than he does me, that I will not share a small table with that purple flower? Yes, of course, but I... You know how some objects for no explicit... Yes. I'll simply put it on the bar... And say that my wife hates flowers. Say that you hate them too. Mark crosses toward the bar and falls to his knees before it. Did you injure yourself, Mr. Conley? I hate flowers. I don't think it is you. Let me help you too. Thank you. Yes, please. Beautiful flower has to be on each table. Please help me back to the table and explain to my wife. Flower, you're cut and you'll die. The sentence of death is imposed on you, purple flower. Yesterday on the Ginza, I ran into an old schoolmate from Silver Hall, Elaine. We're lunching together, and she said strictly no husbands. I think she wants to discuss what's called a marital problem. When? How much time is... I said that she said no husbands. I could sit at a different table till the discussion of the marriage problem... Even if I weren't having lunch with Elaine, I wouldn't with you today. I have an immaculately clean summer suit. It would do nothing... For your disequilibrium on the... cold shower. You don't hear what I say. It's useless talking to you. The loss of balance comes from... I said that she said that... I can't be left alone now. I have a clean summer suit, and after a cold shower... For God's sake... Can I be allowed some freedom of... Of course. It's only... Tyrannical dependence. I'm sorry. It's all right. It's just that... If you need a hired companion, you're sitting on my coat. Barman, call me a cab. I'll have a little lunch here. Or maybe I would be able to sleep a while in your room. Visit the galleries of Tokyo. The concierge can engage an art student to guide you. Did you call me a cab? There are cabs waiting outside the door. 
Your friend would understand. She said, as I said strictly, no husbands, meaning none, in any condition. What? I've always approached my work with a feeling of frightened timidity because the possibilities are... You are making an effort to explain a mystery that I... Possibilities of a canvas that presents itself for... The assault of a madman. You're destroying... I suppose I might say it's... Croc. Adventure. I'll... You'll stay here with your work. It could be a fantasy that I'm... Shattering a frontier? In my room is a suit I've never worn. A shower takes me two minutes. I'll be down in five. I won't be seen today with a man I've always felt that after the work, so little is left of me to give (sighs) to another person. Mark. Miriam. Go back to the States. Enter a... Consult a... As your wife, I... I can't interrupt. I have clipped flowers outside your studio and heard you talk to your work as if you were talking to another person in the studio with you. No, to myself. And I was clipping flowers. It's natural that I felt a little excluded, but I never spoke of it. Did I? The work of a painter is lonely. So is clipping flowers. I'm afraid that loneliness has become a worn-out thing to discuss. When I heard you clipping flowers outside my studio, it would sometimes occur to me that you wished the flowers you were clipping were mine. What's become of the man that... What's become of the woman that... I'm usually tolerant of men that are unknown to me. But you've become one. The constant unbearable of... Mine. Mine. Did you really think I was sleeping night after goddamn night when you slipped out of your bed and threw on a coat over you? Did you think I didn't hear you starting your car that you never put in the garage but left in front of the house? How many kinds of a fool do you take me for? Every? All? And near daybreak, did you think I didn't hear you coming back? Sometimes the hanger dropping in the closet. You're slipping demurely back into your bed. Your your satisfied sighs of... Assuming. Knowing. Assuming. I said knowing. And you know that I knew. You never... Spoke of it to you? No. Why? I said to myself... What did you say to yourself? Something or nothing? She offers the compliment to me of waiting until she thinks that I'm asleep. Are we two people, Mark? Or are we... Stop there. Two sides of... Stop! One. An artist inhabiting the body of a compulsive... Bitch! Call me that. But remember that you're denouncing a side of yourself denied by you. And remember this, too. You'd enter my bed at daybreak, and tired as I was, I never refused myself to you. The vendor of silk, that was secret. I probably knew that he... Give me five minutes, all I need, to look proper for this occasion. None. Not one. Go on, you cunt, to this, this 
lunch with a gentleman named Elaine. I'm sure you'll be on time. You won't keep him waiting, this gentleman named Elaine, with his marital difficulties. You'll give him invaluable counsel. And I, as for me, the man that you married is still a living man with no broken bones. And if later on I feel hungry, I'll have lunch alone, but not in my room with canvases demanding what I can't give them yet. No. But as for flying back, we'll fly back together. Mr. Conley, do you want to be assisted to your room? I think I will stay here till my wife returns from... A Night to Remember deserves a card from Hallmark. Take your blouse and get out of my house. From 1975's The Red Devil Battery Sign, featuring Raul Castillo as king and Marin Ireland as woman downtown. The setting, Houston, Texas. I suppose you think I'd gone crazy down there. Isn't that what you think? Lock that hall door. Bolt it. I think they called their doctor. That elevator hasn't gone down. I haven't heard the elevator door close. Did you notice the young man with close-cropped hair who came all the way up here, carefully ignoring my pretense of being unable to stand unsupported? Would you, while I get some glasses out of the little ice chest, slip quietly into the corridor and see if he's hanging around still? Oh, him? He asked my name as we come up here. Didn't give it, did you? Nah. Nah, if a guy has a friendly attitude and he asks my name, or he's got some reason to ask, like I was witness to a car crash, I'll give my name, but... Quick, please check the corridor for Crew Cut, who dogs my steps every step I take outside this penthouse. Be quickly, quietly... Don't be alarmed. I'm not demented. Estate. Estate quieta. Un momento. Tienes razón. Out there, was he? Leaning against wall. Scribbling in a notebook. He snapped it shut when he seen me. Give me a hard look and got in the elevator. And at last, I hear its descent with him in it, I trust. So why don't you sit down and catch your breath in this chair? Chair? I put it right here for you. Ah. Thoughtful. But when I'm disturbed, I have to stay on my feet and keep occupied with ice bucket, drinks. Leave that to me. You sit down before you... Fall down? In that 
beautiful dress. This iridescent sheath of goldfish color was given me by General Susong's wife. Some tyrants have exquisite tastes in fabrics. The gift has some very unpleasant associations, but you can't blame a gift for the giver's moral corruption, and everything else was packed for departure if any means of escape presented itself. Refuge in the country estate of my guardian. Jailkeeper Griffin downstairs just informed me my guardian's been hospitalized since the night he delivered me here. Shattered what's left of my nerves. God, did you think I'd flipped out in the lounge? What I think or don't think... Does it matter? Yes, very much. Why? You are actually the only person I've encountered at the Paradise Rose who strikes me as being a person I could appeal to for assistance now that... <sighs> this hotel. What was that you called it? I hope you put that word hotel in quotes. In? Quotes, sorry. I keep forgetting your native language is Spanish. You're Mexican, aren't you? Don't let that scare you. Some people, you know, they think all Mexicans are criminals, like... like rapists, you know? Like... rapists. Ridiculous misapprehension. I was born close to the border, but I'm a Texan. My mother told me my father was a gringo, but his name was Spanish. El Rey. Oh, I brought your coat and bag up. Gracias. You better check the bag to make sure the cash is still in it. There was nothing much in it but money. And money means nothing to you? Nothing compared to some documents, which I... Didn't you say you were going to serve as bartender at the little bar? A margarita or a tequila sunrise? For me, the limit is beer. I think you mean I was loaded in the lounge. I didn't say you was. I, I got no op opinion. My drink was loaded. I wasn't. You say your drinks was loaded by Charlie the barman? Who else mixes drinks down there but Fatso at the bar? Charlie the barman, is he? Let me remove the luggage from the bed. I mean... Would you? I'm still in a shocked condition. The news about my guardian, Judge Collister's very suspiciously sudden hospitalization, and on the critical list at New Meadows, New Medical... I got the luggage off. You rest on the bed. Oh, Lord, how I do long to. It wouldn't embarrass you if I... You wouldn't misinterpret it as a provocation? No, I don't take advantage of ladies. A suitcase falls from King's nervous fingers. The contents spill. Delicate lingerie, a leopard skin coat, an ermine jacket, some photocopied papers. Perdóname. One arm, one hand, uh, fingers still don't operate right. I... The woman downtown snatches up the papers. <clears throat> Especially when I'm... Did it... Did anything break? Papers don't break. They straighten simultaneously, faces nearly touching. <laughs> My God. 
but you Latins do have an instinct for the most intimate bits of apparel. <laughs> Me? No, I'm. I didn't uh, notice. I sit back down on the bed. I put it in the box for you. I shouldn't have laughed. You Latin men don't understand women's laughter. You think I'm a buffoon, payaso, a clown? Oh, please, no. It, it was a release of tension. Comprende? I, I realized all at once that I could trust you completely. May I? Just to make up? She gives him a quick, light kiss. Why don't you just stay on the bed? I'd fall asleep, and who knows what I'd dream. Of my previous confinement... Of that butcher's block of a bed with straps that tore my skin till I screamed. Before the electric shock and the judge saved me from them. Oh, they would have continued the shock treatments till they killed me. Wouldn't have stopped short of assassination to discover who held the original copies of those documents. You see, my memories still scrambled like eggs ranchero. Where were rancheros, huh? (laughs) That's right, hombre. Exactly like Cuevos Rancheros. Good for breakfast, but not for recollection. Mm. I like them for a late supper when I can't sleep. Yeah, with pepper sauce. Tabasco. Oh, you like that, do you? I have Macalini's Tabasco on my little bar here. Why don't you call room service and ask for two orders of Cuevos Rancheros? Room service is the one thing that I can always get on that phone. You serious? Must be their doctor. Did you bolt the door? Mm Mm-hmm. Call through it and tell them I won't see him. Don't, don't admit that imposter. The lady is all right now. Don't need to see you. You need to come to the door now. I told you she won't see you, so get lost. Thank you. Oh, God, thank you. Por nada. Recógete en tu cama. No hay peligro conmigo. There is no danger with me. Now I call room service. Oh, yes, uh, please, room service. Now I am calling room service. They are ringing room service. Hey, Juan. ¿Qué tal? Sí, Rey. Escuchan. Queremos dos platos de huevos rancheros, chico, para... What is your name, miss? That I can't give you. Call me the woman downtown. I'll just say for Penthouse B. Para Penthouse B. Huh? Cierra la boca, you fink. You want to tell Perla? You want to be dead tomorrow? Don't hang up. Hold on, Juan. You want something else to go with the huevos rancheros? He's a good friend of yours, one you can trust even here. See, see, a very good friend from Piedras Negras, Texas, my hometown. Ask him to put through a call at once to the new medical center and inquire about the condition of my guardian, Judge Leland Collister, who's hospitalized there. Identify himself as the judge's cook. They might give him a report. Why can't I call from here? The call wouldn't be put through. Juan, 
Otra cosa, muy discreta. Llama al hospital. New Medical Center. El nuevo centro medical. Sí, New Medical Center. Y pregunta por... Judge Leland Collister, su condición. Judge Leland Collister, su condición. Say you work for him, cook, uh, cocinero, tú sabes. Ahora, pronto. He says to me, must have been up with room service. He says, you're in the penthouse with the classy... Classy what? Some of these picks, you know, they got a... Classy what? Papaya? Oh, I am flattered, you know. As some of the... You know, they got a boca grossera. She kicks off her high-heeled slippers and falls onto the edge of the bed. She spreads her legs slightly. Papaya is the name of a tropical fruit. Hmm. Yes. And is also an idiomatic expression for a woman's... Well, you know. Where do you learn such things? Oh, let's say I was once a prisoner of a man who was hung up on that kind of language. I was forced to listen to those words over and over to achieve his erection. There's your mariachis. What's the song? Mujer. Just woman, huh? Yeah. Ain't that enough? Alone? No. Would you say so? King rises, a hand distractedly touching the fly of his pants. No. Alone is... Sometimes lonely. Uh, Juan! Uh, sí, una noticia acerca del señor Collister. Ah. Sí. Él está mejor. Out of danger? Aparte de esto, ¿seguro? They say yes. When released. Cuando está libre. Muchas gracias, chico. Discreto. ¿Eh? Ahora, los huevos rancheros. La señorita tiene hambre. Apúrate. En breve. Soon. Cálmate. Listen. I will take you to the judge. I can call a cab. Don't you understand? It will always be the same cab with the same driver with the face of a demon. Like tonight. You must believe me, please, for your sake. I could take a letter for you to him. Not you. Rather your friend Juan, the one who calls me classy papaya. You are going to wrinkle that elegant dress you got on. I don't want to do that. Then... Would you... Like to remove it? Yes. My gift from the general's wife. The skin of the Orientals is very delicate skin. She couldn't bear zippers on dresses. In fact, she could wear only silk. She came of Mandarin, ancient Mandarin lineage. She was utterly barbaric in her instincts, loved watching decapitations through binoculars from a mound of silk cushions in the cupola on the roof of the palace. King has now slipped off her silk sheath and looks down at her delicate body. 
I feel rather chilly. Do you? I got the... the elegant dress off you. That must be why I noticed a change in the temperature of the room. Do you enjoy a good back rub? <laughs> the huevos rancheros. Should I tell them forget it? We might be hungry later. Yeah. Yeah. They got tin covers over the huevos rancheros and the plates are hot. So no hurry. We are all of us hurrying to the same place. So what's the hurry? He takes a faltering step toward her. Con permiso? I do think you'd better. He embraces her. Woman downtown loses her breath and tries to right herself. Por favor, hold still. She breaks away from him. You, you, you. What are you trying to say? Human. Oh, human. Yes, I'm... Human. You you say human to me like something special about me. A living man is... Yes, human. To enter my life, something human is special. This day, this night, this place, suddenly you, human, here. What? I'm back there, inhuman. Behind the state walls of my husband's hacienda where I play hostess to red devil battery monsters. Great tall prison walls guarded. Oh, yes, private deputies guarded with revolvers the entrance. The gates had a guardhouse and were slid open and shut by electric eye power, operated by power. And all the grounds were patrolled by sports clothes for days and dinner jackets at night. Guards guarded. They had such short friendly names, Pat, Bill, Ray, and their, oh, their smiles at the gates and in the guardhouse and along the long drive, their smiles and their laughs and their shouts. It was not at all like the atmosphere of San Quentin, but I was hostess to monsters. The guests were not distinguishable from the guards. The guards were not distinguishable from the guests. The guests and the guards shouted short names to each other with the same smiles. Hey, Pat, Bill, Ray, higher, high, high, higher. Credentials presented at the guardhouse, then the hell of the hollering. Come on in here. How are you? Hi, hi, hi. Come in here. You folks drive right on in. And a dog pack. There was also a dog pack. And the dog pack all smiled too. It was all one big hell hollering death grin. Want a drink now or after you've been to your guest house? Anything you want, dial zero for service, you hear? Wonderful to see you looking so well. Hail! Yale! Oh, they trusted me to take their attache cases with the payola and the secrets in code, and why not? Wasn't I perfectly not human, too? Calmate. King lifts her and places woman downtown carefully on the bed. Calmate. You are out of that prison. Calmate. Now, be still. We are 
human together. Refreshing summer change. Try Iced Maxim. starts drinking at work. Who was it said he's only got ten years to go? Ah, yes, Galbraith, who never really got started. From 1980's Clothes for a Summer Hotel, with Michelle Williams as Zelda Fitzgerald and Andre Holland as F. Scott Fitzgerald and Edward. The setting, Highland Hospital, Asheville, North Carolina, 1936, and other remembered times and places. Hasn't put fat on me yet, but there's time. Ah, Hemingway's still in good shape and drinks more than me. How does he? Scott sets a gin bottle on the table. There's time. No more decor. Surface of the work too damn easy for me. Chapter 5 is where it must begin to bite hard and deep. Dear Scott, dear Gufo, you bite hard and deep. Are you writing about a shark, a tiger, a hawk, or a human composite of all three? How long have you been standing back there, Zelda? Just crept in against orders to admire you at work. I don't work to be admired at it. I know for the work to be admired. <laughs> but, Goofo, you look so pretty working. At least till Pretty, did you say? Admirable. And pretty. Hmm. At first, you know, I had reservations about marriage to a young man prettier than me. Than you? I'm not pretty. Only mistaken for it. But, Goofo, you really are. Don't keep on with that, Zelda. It's insulting. I don't understand why you should find it so objectionable. The adjective pretty is for girls or pretty boys of ambiguous gender. Girls, boys, whatever's pretty is pretty. Never mind ambiguity, you've... In a man? What? In a man? (laughs) Being called pretty implies... Implies... What? Implication... A disparagement of... What? You know as well as I know that what it disparages is... The virility of... Oh, but that's so established in your case. And even if it wasn't, 
You know what I think? <laughs> Never. I think that to write well about women, there's got to be that, a part of that, in the writer. Oh, not too much. Not so much that he flits about like a... Fairy? You're too hard on them, Scott. I don't know why. Do they keep chasing you because you're so pretty they think you must be a secret one of them? Zelda, quit this. It's downright mockery. Don't take it seriously. It's just envy, Scott. I'm not pretty at all. Zelda, you know that you are an internationally celebrated beauty. Oh? Am I? The latest issue of Cosmopolitan magazine has a shipboard photograph of us with Scotty, and the caption says... Headed for an iceberg? It says, brilliant young F. Scott Fitzgerald and his beautiful wife, Zelda, sail for France. Bon voyage. A slightly sinister caption. Scott. Desperate can go with beauty. With an illusion of it. Desperate? Are you desperate, Zelda? I have no right to be, but... But you are? Are you? You fall asleep first. Before me. Do I? Yes. I hold you. I caress your smooth body sleeping. And feel mine. Mine's hard and not so delicate to the touch. What are you telling me, Zelda? I'm not satisfactory to you? As a... Sometimes I wish the fires were equal. Well, too much of mine goes to work, but... Work. Loveliest of all four-letter words. Circumstances such as... Disparities might someday come between us, a little or seem to, but this golden band on my finger's the truth. Zelda removes a ring from her finger and slips it onto Scott's. The lasting truth, even whatever. Time brings little divisions, and you are better than me at the cover-up, Scott. Zelda opens a copy of the Princeton Triangle Club Annual. Why didn't you ever show me this? That. Is this really a picture of you? <sighs> Zelda, you know very well that every year the Princeton Triangle Club put on a show. Somebody had to appear as the ingenue in it. That year, I was chosen to play it. Yes, that's me. What a Exquisite. A perfect illusion. Never achieve it so well. Who showed that to you? For what purpose? A lady fan of your fiction came up to me with it on the beach today. A gushy type probably meant no harm, but was so loud. Why, Mrs. Fitzgerald, Mrs. Scott Fitzgerald, can't believe it, but they swear it's your husband. Surely not, but the name, as Sarah said, please, you're interrupting. Zelda, you are interrupting my work. Mustn't do that. 
Thought it was agreed you wouldn't. <laughs> what about my work? You're... You're not going out tonight? To the casino and the masquerade? Obviously not, since working. Scott, Goofo, you might need a night off to refresh you. You're driving yourself too hard. That may be, but the purpose is, is, is necessary to live and, and live well. In keeping with our... What? Reputation. Regardless of price? Scott, you're wearing yourself thin for something I already suspect isn't worth it at the price. We're on the Cote d'Azur with golden people generous to us. But the effort to match their bets at the casino, to run in their tracks, is too demanding of my nerves and your liver. What about my liver? Dr. Dambois had a private talk with me. About my... Liver. He didn't want to alarm you, but there is already some damage on it. And going on like this, the damage will be progressive. Oh, widow's moon. What's a widow's moon? I'm nearly full. When it's full, the cherries will be ripe, and when the cherries are ripe, the nightingale stops singing, bearing the cherries home to their hungry little nestlings. You seem to have picked up a lot of local lore, but Zelda, regardless of my liver and the charms of the widow's moon, I do have to get on with my work. Did you hear me? I must get on with my work. What about mine, my work? What sort of face are you making? Turn around, let me see. Oh, that is quite a face. A face to strike terror to the heart of any person not equally savage. Well, there is a quality in us there. Savagery equal of both sides. Zelda, we are one side. Indivisible. You know that. By God, you'd better know that since I've staked my life on it. That you know it and accept it and respect it. Naughty, naughty, young rider drinking while working. So, one side, indivisible, created in liberty and justice with freedom for all. Ha <laughs> ha, paraphrase of the oath of allegiance to the classroom flag. So, sit down. I only want a minute of your time. I'm not going to sit down again. I'm standing to face you and hear you. Hear me good. A change. But answer me this time. That would be a change, too. I want an answer to my first question. What about my work? You are the wife of a highly respected and successful writer who works night and day to maintain you in... An impossible situation? Oh, yes, you do that. I don't dispute your intense absorption in work. Yours. I still say, what about mine, meaning my work? Answer? None. You threw the glass away, drink out of the bottle. Your work is the work that all young Southern ladies dream of performing someday, living well with a devoted husband and, and a beautiful child. Are you certain, Scott, that I fit the classification of dreamy young southern lady? Damn it, Scott. Sorry, wrong size, it pinches. I can't wear the shoe. Too confining. <laughs> it's too confining. But it's all that we have in stock. Excuse my interruption. I'll not prolong it. I'll not do it again. I'll find my own way somehow.
used to have some aptitude for dancing. Could take that up again, or I, I could betray you by taking a lover. Could I? I could give it a try. Zelda exits into the asylum. Scott exits another part of the stage. After a time, Zelda reappears in a large white straw hat and beach robe and sits on a rock. Edward appears wearing an intern's jacket. He takes the jacket off, revealing a swimsuit underneath. He moves toward Zelda, who is still sitting on the rocks. He dries his head with a towel. What a beautiful dive you made off the rocks. We call it a swan dive. I went very deep. So deep I nearly touched the bottom. You are reckless. You have a reckless nature and so have I. I know when to be careful, but... I don't care to be careful anyway. We are alone. Zelda, your hands, please. The plage is public. You are... Unnatural. Dangerously. This is not the way of the French. We know passion, but we also know caution. With public caution, our passions can be indulged in private. There must be the fictitious names on the register of the... Chambre de convenance. You see, I've picked up idiom for it in case. <laughs> Just in case. Uh, I know you've never used such a room before. No. But how would you know? By intuition. Frenchmen have intuition. And as for the fictitious name, I'd like mine to be Daisy. <laughs> Why Daisy? I was quite infatuated with the mysterious, dashing young Gatsby, and Daisy was his love. A wanton creature, not encumbered with morals, scruples, gifted with, how did Scott put it, the enormous carelessness of the very rich. This is a matter to be approached seriously, Zelda. Later, yes, but not yet. If I approach the matter seriously now at this moment with you all, wet and gleaming from your swan dive off the rocks, I think I'd cry. Diamond tears. If serious precautions aren't taken about this, much as I want it to happen and to be altogether happy, we've got to recognize the gravity of the possibilities. In French, I could say it easily. The words come right in French. Our language was made for making arrangements of this kind. Not so close. Can you look casual, Zelda, and listen? I think I know the little hotel. Fictitious names, yes, but not Daisy and not Gatsby on the register. I'll use the names of my maternal grandparents. Who were named? Hmm, better that you don't know them. You blab them out at some hysterical moment. It's probably not sudden ladylike to have secrets which are held sacred, but I shall have one. A secret kept securely. I've turned away from you. I've picked up a shell. 
coiled, iridescent. An innocent occupation for possible observers while we complete our plans for the illicit occasion in private. Behind a locked door. A securely locked door. A door that's locked and bolted. With a window facing the sea. Open to admit the sea wind and wave sounds, but with curtains that blow inward as if wanting to participate in our caresses. Here's another shell, not coiled, but the window not so high that we'd break bones if we had to escape that way, the door being stormed by... You're trembling, Zelda. Are you cold? Au contraire. Frightened? God, no. Are you? A bit shocked by the imprudence. But not repelled, not wanting to call it off. <laughs> no, no, contraire. Shells, birds, creatures of sea and sky. You'll have your security measures share. Locked, bolted door. But behind closed curtains there must be light in the room. You must be all visible to me indelibly, immemorially, in my heart's eye, so if this adventure blows out the eye of the mind, so... When? Tomorrow, Demon? Sur la plage. We'll swim our ways up to the pier. I'll have a taxi waiting to take us to a little auberge. The Rêve Bleu. Promise? Sacred is secret? D'accord, entendu. Merci mille fois. Beautiful girl does not thank a man for enjoying intimacy with her. We're being observed by a woman with binoculars on the plage. How many shells have we collected? Oh, only these two. Two will be sufficient for our purpose at the Auberge Rêve Bleu. How strange and lovely you are. And so the appointment is made. The hawk and the hawk will meet in light near the sun. After the 1961 success of Williams' Night of the Iguana, the playwright went on working for the next 20 years or so in a kind of critical purgatory, which his old friend and sometimes nemesis, but always admirer, Truman Capote, talked to Dick Cavett about in 1980. Here is a man who has devoted his whole life to art has always tried, tried, and has, and is a genius, and has done fantastically uh, uh, original and marvelous things. Here is this man, and, and now he's 70 years old, and his last play comes on, and he has closed for a summer hotel, and here the critics just tear into him, and they've been doing this to Tennessee for 20 years. Now, this, this is something that's very unique to this country. 
the, mm -hmm. the English, the French, the Italians, the Germans, they don't treat their artists that way. Oh, uh, they, 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 instead of, of berating Mr. Williams, who is uh, 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 one of the most distinguished artists this country has produced, instead of these horrible things, terrible things that they are saying, they should be praising him and, great, and be grateful to, that such a person uh, exists among them. Time has a way of reducing criticism to dust and restoring art, the art of theater to its rightful place. And it's our hope as listeners that you reconsider and restore Tennessee Williams to his. Bringing the plays to life was one of Williams's great joys as an artist. And his admiration for the craft of acting is no less than our own. For their energy, imagination, and commitment, we applaud the following players. As Miriam, the barman, and Mark, respectively, in In the Bar of a Tokyo Hotel, we thank Nadine Malouf, James Yegashi, and Reed Burney. In The Red Devil Battery Sign, we featured Marin Ireland and Raul Castillo as Woman Downtown and King, followed by Clothes for a Summer Hotel, starring Michelle Williams as Zelda Fitzgerald and Andre Holland in the dual role of F. Scott Fitzgerald and Edouard. Clothes for a Summer Hotel, in the bar of a Tokyo hotel, and the Red Devil Battery Sign are presented by arrangement with Concord Theatricals on behalf of Samuel French, Inc. For more information, visit concordtheatricals.com. Once again, dear listener, thank you for your time and attention, all of which Williams considered the most astonishing and wonderful of surprises, our ability to be human together. This has been a New York Theatre Workshop presentation with audio production and editing by Alex Barron, casting and co-produced by Taylor Williams, conceived and directed by yours truly, Hilton Owls, signing off now and with great thanks. <laughs>